guys got a good chance to hug one another's necks this morning, so we're going to, you're running a little late, and I want you to get out of here late today, so we're going to save the fellowship until after um, the service is over, and then you can hug all you want. It'll be great. Well, I've been doing a series on the gifts of God, the spiritual gifts. We've talked about the gifts that God wires us with. He makes some of us that have a heart to serve, a heart to give, a heart to lead, a heart to um, speak out what God is saying and showing, a heart to exhort and call people to a deeper place in the Lord. We talked about seven of those gifts in Romans chapter 12. And for those of you that didn't get the gifts, because some of us were very busy this summer, we didn't get the test, you can take an inventory, and I've got a, a few of these up here, and be glad to give those out to anybody that didn't get a chance to do that, so you can see how a couple areas that you're strongly gifted in by the Lord. It's pretty exciting to do. And our leadership has had a lot of fun doing that and talking about how different we are and how we complement one another with those gifts. And then we shifted, and we've been talking about the second area of gifting, which are actually people who are gifts to us, leaders particularly in the body of Christ. We've, we've talked about in Ephesians 4 that says that Jesus gave to the church Five in particular, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds or pastors, same word, and teachers. And we've talked about the apostle, the gift of an apostle, what that looks like. In fact, there are handouts, the worksheets on the, uh, in the hall on that table. If you miss those two weeks, we have them for the apostle and the prophet. And if you have any trouble filling in the blanks, just feel free to text or call me. I'll help you with that. And then we, we spoke and talked about the prophet, and which was very fascinating. And then last week, we were blessed to have Jonathan and Anna. Say hi to Anna. Anna, raise your hand. And uh, Jonathan and Anna with us. And they shared uh, about what it's like to have be functioning some of those gifts and callings. Jonathan and Anna have a very strong apostolic calling as well as prophetic gifting, too. And they have actually served on the mission field. Remember, the apostle primarily goes out to start communities of faith in places where they've never been before. And, uh, and then we talked about the prophetic person. It's not just a person that can give a prophecy. That's something we're going to be talking about more as we go along. But the gift of prophecy where people give prophecies is really a, a separate thing. When we talk about a person who is a prophet, we're talking about a person that really stays close and hears the heart of God and is able to help bring direction through the things they hear and see from the Lord's heart through prayer to help the leadership. They, people, they are people that are perceivers, seers in a sense. They can really see um, when the enemy is coming against the church and, and what, what the, where the Lord wants to lead the church. So they're really valuable people. They're also, in my experience, most of the prophetic people I know are really intercessory warriors too. They're people that really have a passion to see Jesus glorified in the church. So today I'm going to talk about the evangelist, the third one on the list in Ephesians chapter um, chapter 4. And I'm going to turn my little clicker on and see if it's working. Oh, look at that. There's the advertisement for the bait of Satan. 
There we go. So first of all, I want to answer the question or ask the question, what is an evangelist? If you have your notes, you can fill in the blanks today. And, it, and you know, it comes from the word evangel, which is a, um, an, ang an anglicization of a Greek word, which means good news. E-U, U, is, means good in the Greek language. And, and angelo means to go or send, be sent with something. And so really an evangelist is a person that is sent with a message of good news, okay? And um, so if the apostle is an ambassador, the evangelist is what we call the herald. Remember in the old days of knights and castles? They would have the guy that went out in front of the king with a big banner and a flag and a horn, and he would blow the horn and say, the king is coming, and the people in the village would get ready. He would go out before the king. He would bring the good news that the king was coming. So that's kind of like what uh, an evangelist is in a sense. Um, an evangelist is kind of a recruiter too because he's got a conviction that the message he has is incredibly important and very much needed to be heard. So he's got a testimony. In a sense, he's got a song. Um, some of us have heard that song, Chain Breaker. How many of you heard the song, Chain Breaker? One of my favorite songs. And that's all about the testimony of a person. It's really an evangelistic song. So the apostle, again, is like the, um, he's like the ambassador that goes out first and, and helps form communities of faith. The evangelist comes afterward and helps those faith, communities of faith grow. And we're going to talk about the differences between those in just a minute. Both of these ministries are not focused on believers. Their primary focus is unbelievers, people who don't know Jesus. And that's why I always think it's kind of funny when you drive by and you see a church with a big sign saying we're having an evangelistic service. I would think if it was biblical, their evangelistic service would be in the park where the unbelieving people are, not preaching to the choir, right? So I've always wondered about that. But people use different terms in different ways. Okay, here's a few things about the evangelist. An evangelist is um, a naturally infectious person who is able to uh, just invite people into knowing the Lord. They love sharing the gospel and promoting Jesus to people who don't know him. They want to see the local church grow and become more full of new people. They like inviting outsiders to come to events and things that are planned at the church that are designed for outsiders. Evangelists are what we call super local. In other words, they stay in the general area, but they, they really have one foot in the church and one foot outside the church because their passion is for people who don't know Jesus. They don't necessarily like to start things and lead things. They're more motivated to be on the edges of, of the church community, building relationships with people that are outside the church, making them feel welcome and, and, and hoping they're open to the gospel. They like being included and aware of what's happening at the church, but they want to spend a lot of time outside the church walls in the, in the community with people who don't know the Lord. And while they can cause the church to grow by winning people to Christ, 
they're usually not the best gifting at helping those people that are now believers to mature and grow up in the Lord. And that's why the, the evangelist needs to partner with the shepherd and the teacher and the prophet in particular. Evangelists want the local church to be of high quality. They want it to be healthy because they want to bring people who don't know the Lord into something where they're going to be established in their faith. They're going to be received. They're going to be loved. They're going to have people that walk with them and be spiritual moms and dads for them. And so when evangelist is part of a church and the church isn't healthy, they got a real conflict going. Can you imagine that? They go, well, I don't know if I want to bring these people to my church. And so that means the evangelist needs to go to the church leadership and say, how can we partner together better? How can we as a church become a healthy church where we want to bring people who don't know Jesus? Have any of you ever felt that way? I don't know why I want to bring people to my church. I felt that way at times. And so the evangelist is very much needed to be included by the other gifts and leadership in the church. In Ephesians 4, 11, we read that the evangelist is also called to be an equipper, just like the apostle and the prophet and the shepherd and the teacher. The evangelist is called to be somebody who equips the saints for the work of ministry. You guys are the saints, right? And so you, you and I, we need to be equipped by people that have an evangelist gifting. So how can an evangelist equip us? What are some of the areas that he might do that in? And I put down uh, seven. First of all, I just read them off the list there. He can help show us how to connect with people. How many of you are a little bit timid about witnessing? Come on, be honest. Okay. <laughs> I am too. I'm not an evangelist. But does that mean we can all just say, let the evangelist do it, and we can just go, I don't have to be a witness? No, we all know better than that. And so we need to learn how, because we're not as gifted in this, we need to learn how to be witnesses for Jesus in a more natural and effective way. Not just by our lives, but also by our words. And so the gift of evangelists can help us develop in that area. They can, they can help us understand the kind of questions to ask the kind of things to say to people, to, to break the ice. So an evangelist can help us learn how to tell when people are open, how to understand and share the good news, places that are great places to share like nursing homes, hospice. Um, there's lots of places that are just perfect because people there are, are open. Um, a friend of mine, Pastor Pete Morgan from Sydney, we're going to hopefully have come one of these days, um, he, is a, he is a total evangelist. He's also called to be a pastor. And uh, he said that uh, he got a call from a family. Their, loved, their mother was in, the, in hospice, in the nursing home, or in hospice care, in, in a hospital bed. And that they had called their minister, and he was unable to come, so they asked if Pastor Pete would come. And how he said, oh, yeah, I'd love to do that. So he went to this and sat by this gal and just started loving on her and talking to her and asked her if she wanted to, to know Jesus and, and be sure that she would be in eternity. And 
And she said, oh, yeah, I, I'm so worried what's going to happen to me when I die. And he led her to Christ. And her daughter was in the doorway of the room watching all this and listening. And she gave her life to Jesus at the same time. And then the whole family got to hear the testimony of these two. And when Grandma died, they had an amazing, it turned from a funeral to a memorial service because now they had something to celebrate as Grandma went home to be with the Lord. So that's a great place to share your faith is a place like a nursing home or hospice. Evangelists can also equip us how to hear God's voice and be led in, by the Spirit in how we share our faith and how we witness. How many of you know the Holy Spirit wants to draw people to Jesus? And He wants to use us, but, so we've got to learn how to hook up with the Holy Spirit and hear what He's saying. Do you remember the story of, of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? Philip had been in Samaria, and, he, and the Lord called him. And in fact, an angel spoke to him and says, go down, to, go down this road here. And so he went down this road on the way to Damascus, and he met this guy who was a CFO, or a, he was actually the, the, the state treasurer for the, the country of Ethiopia in northern Africa. And, and the, the spirit spoke to Philip and says, go run alongside his chariot. So Philip starts trotting alongside the chariot, and, and he sees that this guy is in there reading from the Old Testament. He'd just been to visit Jerusalem probably for one of the feasts. And, and Philip says, do you understand what you're reading? And the guy says, how can I understand? It doesn't make any sense to me. And he says, come on in my chariot with me and explain it to me. And so Philip, from just saying okay to the Spirit of God, I'll go do this. He goes down a road where there's nobody. All of a sudden he sees a chariot. And then the Holy Spirit says, go run alongside the chariot. So he does. And then he gets invited into the chariot and he ends up sharing Jesus with this man who receives Christ and then says, hey, let's get me, get me baptized. And he pulls over the chariot by a, a pond or something, and he baptizes him. And the man goes home and actually is the first one to introduce the gospel of Jesus Christ into the country of Africa, all because a disciple of Jesus was listening to the Holy Spirit who wants to show us how to be witnesses. And then uh, number six, um, evangelists can help us understand the seasons in people's lives in which they're most open for us to share who Jesus is. And some of those seasons you're probably aware of are major transitions, like when people move or when people suffer a loss or when people get married or when people go off to school. Those kinds of things are times when we feel vulnerable and we cry out to God. And evangelists helps us understand those kinds of things. And finally, they help, us, they help build faith in the Holy Spirit's power to draw people to himself. And show us how to do that. So we really need and really desire, and, and I want to see us um, find evangelistic ministry to come from the outside to help us be equipped, but also to see evangelistic ministry that God has already placed in our midst to be recognized and developed and matured. So it begins to function in a, in a healthy way. And so hopefully we'll see that in these days ahead. So a couple examples of evangelists. We talked about Philip already. Philip um, was started out as an evangelistic purpose he, uh, person. He was one of the first disciples. And he's the one who went to get his brother, Nathaniel, after he'd met Jesus and said, Nathaniel, you've got to come meet Jesus. Nathaniel's the one who said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Remember that? They don't know much about Nazareth back then. It was really apparently not a very good reputation. But what did Philip say? Come and see. Come and see. That's a, that's a great thing to say. Come and see. 
Come and see and find out about Jesus. And, and Nathanael did, and he had a powerful encounter with Jesus. Later on in John chapter 12, this is just before the cross. Jesus is in Jerusalem with, with his disciples, and um, some Greek people that are there apparently for the Passover feast, they come to Philip and say, Philip, we want to see Jesus. We want to meet Jesus. Now, why did they come to Philip? You ever wonder that? Why didn't they come to Andrew or John or James? Maybe it's because Philip is just always looking out and looking at the people around him, looking for hungry people. Philip just seemed to have that ability. Plus, he may, uh, being a Galilean, have been able to speak Greek more fluently than the people who lived in Jerusalem. But Philip took these people to meet Jesus. So, And then we talked about Acts chapter 8, um, where Philip led the Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord. But before that, he went down to Samaria. Right after the disciples were in Jerusalem, they were scattered by persecution. That's when the apostle Paul helped uh, support those who stoned the apostle Stephen. And uh, it says that Philip went down to Samaria, and he preached, he proclaimed the Messiah there in Acts chapter 8. And when the crowds heard Philip, and they saw the signs that he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. And then it says they believed him when they saw, excuse me, I'm ahead of myself. Oh, they saw the signs that he performed. It says, when they saw the signs that he had performed, they paid close attention. You ever seen that, that link between miracles and people listening to the gospel? You know, Jesus said in Mark 16 that, that we can preach the gospel and he would confirm it with signs following. And so here's Philip preaching to the Samaritans about Jesus. And what is Jesus doing? He's confirming it with signs and wonders. There were people being healed and there were people being delivered from demonic oppressing spirits. And it says that a whole ton of people here believed Philip and were baptized, including a sorcerer, a guy that had been a sorcerer named Simon the Magician. So this is what, a, what an evangelist ministry looks like. The Apostle Paul actually also many times acted evangelistically, but Philip is really our only major example in the New Testament. Okay, modern day. Who are modern day evangelists that you guys are aware of? Throw out, shout out a couple names. Billy Graham, yes. Who was that? Franklin Graham, yeah, very much so, Billy Graham's son. Anybody else? Todd White. If you haven't heard of Todd White, He's awesome. Yeah, you'll you'll enjoy him. He's he's unusual, but he's I think he really people really he really gets people's attention. So we're gonna see a little video in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to just answer one other question. What's the difference between the apostle who goes out and brings people to the Lord and the evangelist that goes out and brings people to the Lord? Let me just share uh, three three things. Apostles plant new churches. And evangelists tend to build up existing churches, okay? They help existing churches get bigger and, and better. Apostles open the door, and evangelists fill the room. Apostles are burdened to extend the kingdom of God. Evangelists are burdened 
with seeing people come to Christ, see people come to faith. You, can I, you guys catch the difference there? Okay, we ready to play the video? This is Todd White. It's called McDonald's. They're working on it. There we go. Sound, bring the sound up. He's slate roofing. He was slate roofing.
Go ahead and turn it off there. Thank you. Todd said it better than I could ever say it, huh? Wasn't that powerful? He said so many important things in that video. Encourage you maybe to check it out and watch it again on YouTube. But this morning, in our midst, we know that Jesus gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. So in our midst, there's probably at least one of you that has an apostolic calling. That doesn't mean that you're going to travel with Franklin Graham. It doesn't mean that you're going to have to go rent a building and set up your own office and ministry. But it means that God has called you and gifted you to reach people to build the church. And some of you in this room are likely that's who you are. And, you know, the cool thing is, is you know it. You know it because you love to talk to people about Jesus. God's given you just an ability to do that. And you know what? As a pastor, a shepherd of this church, representing our leadership, we want to know who you are. We want to help you grow and develop in your gifting and ability. We want to partner with you. Because if we found a few evangelists in our congregation and helped them grow and develop in their gifts and become effective in reaching our community, what do you think had happened to our church? God had done some pretty awesome things. Not that he wouldn't do that. He would do the same thing if we acknowledge and help develop prophets, apostles, teachers, other shepherds. And that's really what I personally am about. I'm about helping equip the body of Christ to see that the giftings arise and develop and mature and be God for you, God to use you. So is there anybody here this morning can just say, yeah, I think I might be an evangelist. Raise your hand. I'm just curious. Anybody in the room that be bold enough to, to say, yeah, I might be an evangelist. Good. There's, there's one, two. Awesome. That's wonderful. And, and so talk to me when you get a chance. Because I want to encourage you. I want to talk to you about how we can, as, as Calvary Church leadership, help you grow into your calling and develop in that. So, awesome. So we have a few questions, a couple questions at the end there that are on your worksheet too. So how can we be equipped as saints of Calvary to be evangelistic witnesses? And I know that I want to bring somebody like Pastor Pete Morgan from Sydney to come and speak to us, but that's just one way. Lots of ways of equipping. We could do workshops, we can do online stuff. There's just a lot of ways. And so, but I want to help those people that have that sense of that calling in their life, help you develop in your faith, your confidence, and your your uh, your skill and ability to do that. I'm a, I'm not an evangelist, but as a shepherd, I could still help you in some ways. But I can also help connect you to people who are like you that may be a little further down the road, help you develop in that. So I know I've talked with Anna and, and um, Jonathan because they have an apostolic call. Guess what? Are they going to be staying in our church forever? No way, not unless they want to be disobedient to the Lord. God has got them here for a season. He's probably doing some equipping in them and developing in them, and he's going to send them out one of these days. And they're going to be used to reach people that 
none of us could reach. That's really awesome. We have some prophets in this church, developing prophets. We want to receive the gift of Jesus. We want to be stewards in helping those people that have prophetic giftings to be encouraged, to be recognized, to be um, developed and equipped, and to be released to do what they do, to do what God calls them to do. How many of you know that prophets can be somewhat scary for us? But we've got to realize if it's a gift from Jesus, we need it. Prophets confront the things that are, are, that are grieving the heart of the Lord. How many of you know I've been there, I've grieved the heart of the Lord, and I had to, I've had people speak into my life and call me to a higher place. Prophets don't condemn. That's Old Testament. But they call people to a higher place in the Lord, New Testament. They call out the gold in you, not the dirt. If you want to hear some amazing messages, listen to Chris Vallotton or Graham Cook, powerful prophetic voices. So with the evangelists, we want to help do the same thing. So hopefully we'll, there's a couple people that raise your hands, and there's probably more that aren't here today. And so be praying for that to develop. Um, and pray for, our, pray for our leadership as we seek the Lord and how we as a team can also help develop those things and see these gifts recognized and developed in our midst. So this morning, if there's anyone here that does not know Jesus, has never made a personal commitment to walk with him, I just want to invite you to stay after and come talk to me. We're going to have these altars open in just a few minutes for people to be prayed for. Whether you have illness or you're dealing with other uh, things in your life, you're feeling oppressed, depressed, conflicted, whatever it is, we want to pray for you. The Holy Spirit is here to minister to people today. We have been attacked with a spirit of infirmity in this church this last month. Right, Kelly? Kelly's one, right, Kim? Kim's another one, got nailed. Um, also, Jessica Anders, I believe, is still in the hospital. We're praying for her every day until God brings her through. She said she had a fungus in her esophagus, but she's had some other issues too. So continue to keep Jessica in your prayers. And then uh, we also have Johnny, our, our deacon Johnny uh, Corson, has been uh, diagnosed at least initially with Graves' disease, which is a hyperactive thyroid, and he says the VA wants to recheck, so they're going to do all new blood work on him tomorrow, I think. Be praying for Johnny, because he got hammered, and he, uh, he, he got taken out pretty hard. And so we need to stand together as the body of Christ against those things, and, and the enemy, and say no to those attacks. And uh, we wouldn't be attacked unless we were a threat. So that's a good thing, right? So anyway, I want to close in prayer, and then I want to invite people to come that want to be prayed for this morning. So let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for giving us the gift of evangelists. Father, for those that raised their hands and those who aren't here maybe that could have, I pray that you would help us to receive who they are, to be able to be equipped by them as they grow and develop. And we pray that you would bless them and help them be effective as they reach out and share their faith with people who don't know you. Lord, we ask that you would help us to reach our community. Our community has been through some very hard things, some, some pretty major losses, some crises. And Lord, there are many, many people that are just, in this time in their life, they're maybe open to knowing who you are and experiencing you, Jesus. So Lord, I pray you'd show us, who are not evangelistic, how to share our faith more effectively. You'd bring people specifically, you'd handpick people that would come and help us get equipped in a better way to be more effective, Lord. And those that are within our midst with these giftings, help us to see them grow up into you. 
we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for Todd White's, Todd White's words and example. Help us, Lord, next time we go into the store, we all have to have lunch today or a restaurant. Help us to remember that we can just be who we are in Jesus and love the people that you put in our way. Help us not be afraid, not be self-conscious, but to be able to say, I've got the Holy Spirit in me, and he wants to love some people. Lord, show us how to do that, we pray. And we just give you the rest of this afternoon in Jesus' name. Amen.